1: A show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Raj Yoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center? 518-589-5000 Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. It's always a delight when you can actually take the time. You've got um, such a plethora of options to choose in terms of your your podcast favorite to listen to, and you choose us. And so I just want you to know that I appreciate that. And everyone here in the staff, really appreciate that. We intend to continue to just be as genuine and as sincere as we possibly can. There might be some times that we kind of step out of that genre, but it's not intentional, or maybe it will be. (laughs) I have no idea. Who knows what's unfolding anymore? But I think from a deeper place, we really just um, wish to show up. And I know that each guest that comes on air with me I'm more focused on them, what's happening with them, what are they teaching me, what am I learning. And hopefully they also might learn something from their conversation with me too. The latest news, Marion Williamson at the Unity Church a town hall meeting was incredible. So if you want to know more about her work. If you want to know more about Marianne Williamson, that is basically running for president of the United States in 2020, and she was the author of *A Return to Love*, which was an international bestseller. And it's interesting to have somebody from the I don't want to fight a spiritual community, someone who is a little bit more awakened, who is working more on um, looking at solutions from inside out. Rather than outside in It's just refreshing to have Someone of her caliber On the field of this presidential campaign Making a very, very big difference And so it's my wish To invite us all To see in what way we can Support her work So just go to Marianne2020.com And let them know that you heard about it on From America Meditating Radio Stay tuned, don't touch that dial Lama Palden Droma will be with us The author of Love on Every Breath we're going to have a heart-to-heart. But first, here is the girl Rinpoche spaciousness. Take a deep breath.
2: Virtue, to tame this mind of ours, and this is Buddha The most important is tame this mind of ours. Taming the mind. Taming, training the mind. Because at the moment, what happens is mind is not, it's wild. It's just out of control. Negativity no longer exists if you have removed the negativity. Then you reach a certain level of everything is positive. Even seeing in obstacles, whatever, is always a very amazing. When you're just spacious, mind is naturally tamed. First you're just being spacious. Then when you come to know the teachings more, the awareness, the understanding, the wisdom and the compassion become that spaciousness. Spaciousness becomes the nature of your mind. Spaciousness is the natural greatness. Spaciousness is the peace of mind, the spaciousness is the wisdom, spaciousness is the compassion. In one way it's a very ordinary kind of spacious But in a way very, very A very special kind of spaciousness Which means spacious to everything When you begin spacious to the environment Spacious to, especially to yourself To your thoughts and emotions Spacious to all the risings And non-judging Non, had you say? You don't really try to stop anything. You don't try to suppress anything. No, indulge in anything. Just by being spacious. When the spaciousness is there, then all thoughts. Pot- Have power, or the longer they no longer are a problem.
1: on spaciousness, something that I think all of us are thriving for in the 21st century to feel inter- internally quiet, to, to be very present so that um, the past isn't the main influence and we're not so caught up in what's going to happen tomorrow the next moment, but just trust that just being here and now like a baby is, Everything is going to unfold as it is supposed to. We're all here to transform our sorrows and our pain into a more bountiful present and, and future. And what I'd like to do is to turn the lines now to our next guest, who's going to help us to do that. Lama Palden Drulma is the author of Love on Every Breath, Tonglen Meditation for Transforming Pain into Joy, She's a licensed psychotherapist, spiritual teaching coach, and she has studied Buddhism in the Himalayas with some of the most preeminent Tibetan masters of the 20th century. Following the traditional three-year retreat under his guidance, Kalu Rinpoche authorized her to become one of the first Western Lamas. She also subsequently founded the Sadi Foundation. It's a Tibetan Buddhist teaching center in Fairfax, California. Today, we welcome Lama Palden Droma to America Meditating Radio as we talk about transforming pain into joy. Lama, welcome. Thank you. Mm. Good morning. Good morning to you. So as we begin to find space to breathe a little deeper and to be a little bit more present, I think it's safe that we can both say that we need to begin to acknowledge that our homes, our workplace, the metro, the supermarket, the social gatherings, we need to make that our temples. That means wherever we go, we need to bring our temple with us. We need to bring that energy with us. However, many of us aren't so equipped for that process. And you've been on a very extensive journey of lots of shifts and changes, and I would love for our audience to know a little bit more about you before even, you know, we go deeper into our narrative together. So tell us about, a little bit about your personal story, and, I mean, how did you become a llama in the Western society, right? How did that all unfold for you? Yes, it's
3: a strange uh, strange phenomenon for a, a lady from California, so... Yeah, I was raised in the Bay Area, in San Francisco Bay Area, and very liberal, humanitarian family and general environment and church environment too. So I was a very devout child in Chris, uh, Christianity in the Episcopal Church, and I was also very interested uh, from a young age and exposed to uh, different religions, and I became very interested in the depth teachings of various spiritual traditions and studied that quite a lot. And from the time I was 13 years old, I started longing to go to retreat, a long retreat to do spiritual practice. And I thought to myself, well, Jesus went into the desert to do a spiritual practice. And when, when do we do that? You know, is that, when's that going to happen? And of course at that time in the church, Uh, retreats were not really happening Mm -hmm. so that didn't happen through the church and so i continued you know started learning to meditate when i was a teenager and then got really extensively into in-depth yoga and and meditation Mm -hmm. in the early my early 20s and Mm -hmm. that then led me well i was Studying, you know, various religions and practicing mystical Christianity and Sufism and Zen and yoga and, you know, really in an in-depth, sincere application of the spiritual teachings I'd been taught. And right. then I started longing for my guru, really, to meet, you know, to connect with my teacher. Um, whoever that was, I I had no idea, but I started praying, actually, to Mary, and um, that she would help me, you know, connect with my spiritual teacher, and somehow I just knew there was such a person, and after a little while, uh, a friend spent hours convincing me to go to a lecture in San Francisco from an old Tibetan master, and so I went. And within five minutes of seeing him and hearing him speak, I knew he was my teacher. And he turned out to be Kalu Rinpoche, a highly revered Tibetan master. And that conviction that he's my teacher has been unwavering since that time about 42 years ago. And so I went to the Himalayas to study with him and met many other great Tibetan masters um, there and through the years. And and then when I was 30, I went into a three-year retreat under his guidance, and that was very profound and fulfilling for me. Although, of course, it was difficult because everything is closed off. You know, there's no going out to the beach. There's no going out of the retreat center, and you're just really stuck facing your own mind and, of course, doing in-depth meditation and yogic practices. So that was both very joyful and, and um, the most incredibly hard piece of work I've ever done in my life. But it also paid off hugely, and I'm very, very grateful I had that opportunity. And then since that time... I became a psychotherapist. I didn't really want my income dependent on the Dharma, on the spiritual. And so I became a psychotherapist and then also started teaching as more and more people wanted me to. And eventually I founded a uh, Tibetan Buddhist Center in Marin County in the Bay Area. And I've been training people there extensively in very long-term in-depth training programs, as well as uh, training people in whatever way that they are wanting in the moment. And I've trained teachers and community Dharma leaders. And so we have a happy, joyful center here as well. And now I've written this book that is uh, from a practice, a meditation that has been done in, one of the Tibetan lineages that I inherited and practiced deeply in. this lineage called the Shampa primarily came from two women in the 11th century who became fully and totally enlightened. They were in Kashmir. They were Kashmiri women. And this was passed on to a great Tibetan yogi who brought it to Tibet. And... That then I received it in oral instruction from my teacher, and then again in three-year retreat.
1: Wow! So it sounds like you were sort of born for this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Sorry. So the subtitle of your new book is um, the subtitle of your new book is Tonglen Meditation for Transforming Pain into Joy. Can you elevate me? educate me on what is Tonglen meditation and how does it actually work
3: yeah Tonglen means taking and sending in Tibetan it's a Tibetan term and it refers to how this meditation works which is by breathing in the suffering and having it be transformed in our heart chakra through the awakened nature and then it's. back out as love and healing energy and there's a whole process that helps us actualize this sense of awake presence, awakened mind in our heart chakra and visualization of brilliant light in the form of a vajra or a drop of brilliant light and that essence the awakened mind that is in all of us is actually what transforms the suffering into love and joy and it's on the in-breath breathing in the suffering and it's transformed in the heart instantly and then it goes out as white light as awakened healing and love energy and this process turns the suffering into joy and For many of us as caring people, we're taking in the suffering unconsciously or consciously.
1: I feel that all the time, Lama, because I'm in Washington, D.C., and the Mm -hmm. energy here, every time I travel outside of here and I go to anywhere else across the globe, and the minute that plane starts to hover over here, I can feel there's such a density, and it makes me realize how much more work I have to do to protect myself. So I believe in that, that we must be under such duress right now, we don't even understand what's actually happening.
3: Yes, and it's our caring, loving, innate nature that is part of who we truly are, that we take in the suffering. But this meditation then helps that become transformed into the love, into joy, into healing, so that that suffering doesn't sit in a stagnant way inside of us and weigh us down. And, you know, we all feel that over time, like when we're just, like you were explaining, you know, we feel this really dense energy of suffering of people. And because we care, you know, it comes into us and we need to transform it so that it's our, we're like, you know, we become like little transforming stations of transforming the suffering into love and mm-hmm. healing and joy. Otherwise, right. it just sort of fits in there. And, you know, we are inseparable as human beings. You know, there actually is no separation between you and me or any of us. And so we are going to feel the suffering of the world. You know, that's just the right. way it is. And if we're very, very, you know, shut down and narcissistic and we, you know, Really are not open at all Then yeah, maybe we're not going to feel it But you know, spiritual people Are generally much more loving And caring
1: and open Mm-hmm. That, uh, I get that very much Now, as we You know, look at ourselves There's a lot of us that are really feeling an urge For some transformation But there's also mm-hmm. this energy That's become the norm Compounded by the fact that there's a collective Resonance everywhere we go that energy either confirms it or weighs us down with it, and it's all called the Almighty Ego. So one of the benefits of the Love on Your Breath meditation, which is what you're teaching in your new book, you share in the book that it's important that, that we crack open our heart shell of ego clinging. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what you mean?
3: Yes. So... You know, we all have an ego, and it's part of our human functioning. And I don't believe we're actually going to get rid of the ego or kill the ego. But usually our consciousness is completely in ego consciousness. In other words, we're fully identified with our egos. And in the meditation, we learn to step back from that and instead of resting in ego consciousness, and I go into this in more depth in the book to help people achieve this, but we gradually in meditation learn to step back from ego consciousness into open awareness itself. And awareness itself is what Can actually, it's the part of us that is unfettered and is more in touch with our basic true nature of wisdom and love. And as we step back into that more objective, clear, awake consciousness, we can then work with the ego skillfully. But if we're completely wedded to the ego, then it's going to be very hard to step back. And spiritual practice of all kinds helps us crack through that hard shell so that we can step out of the ego, so to speak, and rest in pure awareness itself. And And that's where we find our sustenance, our joy, our wisdom, and our skillful means for acting in the world. So the first step... Mm-hmm of the love on every breath, meditation is resting in open awareness. And then again, at toward the end, uh, we do that again. And of course, mm-hmm. we're resting in awareness throughout the whole meditation, but there's other parts that are more active as well. And so Thanks. my feeling is, you know, in working with my own ego and other people's ego for many, many, many years, that the ego opens, and grows and becomes more awake and conscious through love. And it's the awareness that is in us that can work skillfully with our own egos from a loving place. So one of the steps in the book is really developing love and compassion for our own selves. That's an important mm-hmm. step and really enhancing that, you know, and opening into that more
1: Mm, I get that. In the book, you talk about subtle body. In my interpretation, when my subtle body is activated, I'm in a frequency of awareness and consciousness and and thoughts and experience and, and silence and divinity. You know, all of that wrapped up in one, which has mm. nothing to do with my past or negative emotions. So my human form, you know, my gross physical state of consciousness and thinking is so reduced that only the illumination of who I am as the soul, the the energy of light, is more in that state of awareness. And so when I come from that subtle space, whether it's the subtle body, like you could feel there's a gentleness around my presence or a gentle light, there's a a sense of safety, Mm -hmm. there's a sense of, of peace or love. Uh, that's what it feels to me when I interpret the subtle body. But what is the subtle body to you, and what does it have to do with meditation?
3: Well, it's beautiful what you described, and I would categorize that as, um, you know, a really healthy spiritual subtle body state. But the subtle body also gets activated in other ways. Like, say, for example, All of a sudden, if there was a super huge noise right now, your subtle body, my subtle body would be agitated. It would be like upset and we would feel an energy of agitation in our body. That's also the subtle body. So the subtle body is always there. But if there's very shocking events or say like something very anxiety provoking happens or something very sad that's going to affect the subtle body in certain ways like for example the thing that people say like oh i had to give a speech and i had butterflies in my stomach before i Mm -hmm. went on stage that's the subtle body those butterflies Mm -hmm. so in meditation we work you know people don't necessarily realize this but The subtle body is affected by our meditation, just like it's affected by other things in our lives. So what you're describing, your personal experience, that's a beautiful description of what happens when the mind calms down and attunes to truth and reality and love. And then the subtle body also calms down and tunes in like that. And then the union of the subtle body and the consciousness, you know, becomes uh, really, really beautiful and luscious almost in a way. And so Mm -hmm. while we're meditating, uh, the subtle body is always being affected or if we're praying or doing some other kind of spiritual activity. And from the Tibetan Buddhist point of view, the subtle body develops with spiritual practice so that the, um, The channels that are in it, what are called nadis in Sanskrit, and the prana, another Sanskrit term that means the energy that flows through the channels of the subtle body, those are straightened out. The prana flows more properly, more fully, completely, and that brings us to both more physical health and spiritual well-being. Again, like you Mm. described in that description of yours, yogically, your prana is flowing really properly through your channels and then everything feels really right because our essential nature is divine, is pure being.
1: Right. It's amazing that we look at the world today and uh, there are so many who are not living from that essential place of existence and it's being totally, totally attacked by the ego, algae—what I call algae: A for anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, and E for ego. And yeah, you know, maybe that's what the whole movie is about. You know, it has to be about the yin and the yang, the ups and the downs. Um, you say in the book that the primary issue that arises for people learning. The love on every breath meditation is that they're already feeling overwhelmed by their own suffering and that of mm-hmm. so many nowadays. So the last thing they want mm-hmm. is to feel more pain. What advice or perspective do you have to offer about that concern?
3: Yes, so this is very important and this particular Tonglen practice that I'm teaching in the book really addresses this very powerfully and I think that's why this particular practice the love on every breath will will help people because it's not in this meditation it's not our little self or our ego that is doing the taking into the suffering and the transforming and liberating of it it's awakened consciousness itself so how do we get to a place where we can actually start to feel that within ourselves and in Tibetan Buddhism there's methods for this and So the book in Steps presents this method and shows us how to do this in meditation. And the way this is done in this meditation is that, oh, and just to say that, of course, in the traditional meditation of love on every breath, it's all Buddhist symbology and, you know, we call on the Buddha, et cetera. I also have a chapter that you can adapt this practice for any religion you're in, or if you're not religious at all, you can adapt it. But I'll explain the Buddhist version. So in order to help actualize and to actually feel this awakened consciousness, we call upon the Bodhisattva, an awakened being who is the embodiment of all the Buddha's love, and compassion, and we call upon this awakened being to be present with us, and we imagine that he, she comes and is above our head, and this being in Tibetan is called Chen Rezi, a saying being is called in Chinese uh, Quan Yin, so sometimes this being appears as a male and sometimes a female, so that's really not neither here nor there, but we call on this awakened being of vast awakened love and compassion and feel their energy above our head and pray to this being that our love and compassion that's at the core of who we truly are, our awakened love and compassion will fully open and bloom. And then this awakened being dissolves into light into us and resides then in our heart chakra and then inside of that is this brilliant vajra which is a symbol of our indestructible pure being the core of who we truly are and there's a picture of that in my book but people can also just imagine a brilliant white light in the heart then that is the awakened consciousness of the Buddha Chenrazi, the Bodhisattva Chenrazi, and has mixed fully with our own consciousness. So we feel then when this great being dissolves into us, and you could use somebody else like Jesus or somebody else in adapting this, but we feel that their awake consciousness then is inseparable with our own. And then that is what actually takes in the suffering, transforms it, and sends it out
1: as healing, love, compassion. Mm. Um, Yeah. Mm. And so when we look at thoughts, we are all souls, and the soul has entered our bodies, and the soul is playing out our part, and we have marriages, divorces, children, in-laws, work, career, losses, gains, Ups and downs, possessions, status, you know, the, the list is endless. It's endless. What would you recommend for us as souls on our journey well, right now? Yeah, what should we do now at a, just a practical day-to-day level that just can help us to be more present? Like,
3: Well, first of all, and this is really addressed in the chapter on self-love, all of those ups and downs that you just mentioned, you know, as human beings, we all go through so much. And so I really feel that developing more love, which this meditation does, opening us to more love, as we open to more loving awareness inside of ourselves, first of all, that can meet our own human self, our own, like you said, soul, to help heal and infuse ourselves with love. And I really strongly feel and have this experience with myself and students that the more love we can feel inside of ourselves and feel for our human self and for all others, that is like the salve that makes life easier. The loving kindness is like a lubricant and a healing salve That just day-to-day, moment-to-moment really makes a huge difference in the quality of our experience and how we are with it.
1: Yeah, I get that. Because I'm finding that a lot of us are just looking for a practical integrating method that can help us to just move life further from pain into joy. Yes. Yeah, my dear, uh, elevated, wonderful, sweet Lama Drolma. thank you so much. <laughs> Please leave us with a website or information of any upcoming events that you'd like to share with our family and friends on America Meditating Radio. Thank
3: you, Sister Gemma. delight to speak with you. And my website is org. So people can go there to find out more. And Love on Every Breath available on Amazon and in other bookshops. Beautiful. So, thank, you thank you so much. Thank you very, very much.
1: Yes. Was mm-hmm. a welcome. pleasure. Take good care. Me too. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. So for more information, please go to Lama L A M A Palden P A L D E N dot org for more information on this incredible soul, on love on every breath. Beautiful, huh? What is it going to take for us to just step away from that old narrative? Jeez, it's just so easy. It's so easy to come from the old place, when in reality there's so much abundance waiting for us. huh? Anyway, we're going to make it through, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on air. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. We really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Here's I Rise from Inclusion Revolution Together with Love album. If you haven't gotten a copy, what are you waiting for? Just go to Amazon or iTunes or think Google. It's everywhere. Just Google Inclusion Revolution Together with Love by yours truly. Take care, everyone. I'm the master of my own mind. I sit here with a pure intention to gain mastery over my thoughts, and therefore mastery over my words and actions. As I hear the thoughts through words of others, I ask myself, is that My truth, my original nature is one of love, peace, purity, truth, and joy. And sometimes when I hear the words that do not match my original nature, I have the choice to rise above and remember who. I really am. As a master of my mind, I decide which thoughts stay and which thoughts must go. I choose to rise above. As I rise above in consciousness and interpretations of stories, narratives that no longer support my truth or present. Greater power, greater peace, and acceptance for myself and others surrounds me in this moment. As a master of my mind, I rise above, replacing thoughts of fear, anger, greed. And divide thoughts of belonging, respect, love, and wisdom. As I rise above, I find clarity, a deeper meaning, and the courage to continue to move on eyes above. And I remember who I am and why I'm here. And that is to love everyone
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply.